Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About Autism. My name is Emily, and I'm a psychology student. In this podcast, let's talk about everything autism, from where it all began to what we know now. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Let's Talk About Autism. New and evolving research is recognising autistic individuals, their families, as well as autism advocates and experts' preference for identity-first language over person-first language. In today's episode, let's talk about the possible dangers of using person-first language on autistic individuals and why identity-first language is becoming the more preferred choice of language. Vivanti 2020 acknowledges that it's unclear from the current literature what the most preferred language is when referring to autistic individuals. But what is clear is that there's a least preferred language, person-first language. Person-first language puts the person in front of their disability, for instance, child with autism. To break it down, the sentence, a person with autism, contains the noun, which is person, followed by with, and the second noun, autism. This language choice is least preferred because the latter noun can be substituted for an illness such as cancer, COVID-19, or the flu, to name a few. This sentence formulation indicates the presence of an illness, a category autism simply doesn't fall under. Vivanti states that language plays a pivotal role in shaping our understanding of autism, so the language we use to talk about autistic individuals should be supported by current research. Otherwise, possible dangers arise for autistic individuals. How UV Landon and colleagues saw higher rates of post-traumatic stress disorder, self-harm, suicidal ideation and death by suicide among the autistic population than the non-autistic population. Interestingly, in the 1970s, person-first language was designed to respond to the rise in dehumanisation and violence towards autistic individuals, but Gernsbacher's 2017 research found the opposite. His research saw a significant rise in stigmatising and discriminatory behaviours autistic individuals faced. Gernsbacher also found that this is magnified for non-speaking autistic individuals. So this revealing research about person-first language brings the expression identity-first language to the forefront. Identity-first language originally reflected the medical terms for autism, but the current movement reflects the rising drive for autonomy and acceptance for autistic individuals. Identity-first language places an individual's disability before the individual, such as autistic adult. This cultural shift in expression is becoming more appropriate and preferred because it implies that being autistic is an inherent part of an individual's identity, not an addition to it. Not only does it counteract the dangers that separate the individual from their diagnosis, it also illustrates that autism is not an impairment or a negative thing, rather a different way of seeing and interacting with the world. The expression also supports the growing neurodiversity affirming movement. Neurodiversity affirming doesn't see disorders as fixable, Rather, it's recognised as a part of life. The neurodiversity umbrella includes, but isn't limited to, autistic people and ADHDers. It does not aim to mould neurodivergent individuals into neurotypical ones. Therefore, 
To keep up to date with the research, moving forward I'll be using identity first language for autism rather than person first language. I respect and recognise that there are different opinions about autism language and acknowledge individuals' personal preferences and rights to decide how they wish to be identified. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Let's Talk About Autism.